This is a production of the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network. Well, hello everybody. This is Hal. And I'm Melanie. And we're glad to be bringing you another episode of Making Biblical Family Life Practical here in another episode of our Corona Chronicles. (laughs) We're all locked down, locked down hard and fast here. Um, Our state governor has has told everybody stay home now for the next 30 days, which, okay, well, we're already home, but. Well, you know, in a way it's like it normally is for us because we work work from from home home a lot. We homeschool. And we homeschool, but we're not here in the spring. And so I'm loving seeing my azaleas and dogwoods, but. Mm. It's weird being home in the spring. Well, I'm not loving missing homeschooling conventions this no, time. No, I'm year, not loving that is, either. We typically are on the road this this part of the year, and in God's providence, we're not this time. Yeah. So that's the big change for us. Not loving the lack of income either. But anyway, God mm-hmm. is our provider. Yeah. Today we have something really great for you. Mm-hmm. We are going to be talking about bullying, and you know, y'all, it's much it's much bigger a problem than most parents realize. Mm -hmm. Today, we are talking to Candace Duggar of Bully Broken Redeemed. Mm -hmm. Welcome, Candace. Hi, guys. Thank you, Helen Melanie, for having me on. Yes, it is the quarantined homeschooling, right? We're all in crisis. (laughs) Even if we've homeschooled for a while, we're adjusting. So it's quite a... I I never dreamed three months ago, everyone would be teaching their kids at home. No, no. And I feel like God... um, our ministry has been helping families that are leaving public and private school to homeschool to use if their children have anxiety or bullying. I think it's a beautiful way to help children heal. And I felt like God's been preparing us for a flood of those children, but I never thought it'd be overnight. I thought it'd be like, you know, I knew he was putting on our heart that the transition is drastic and you need to help those families through it, but not like this, but we are at once. Yeah. Well, we saw, you know, I saw a number of years ago, when uh, the federal government, when the education department was doing their surveys and including the homeschooling parents, they were asking them, what are your, what's your motivation, your primary motivation for homeschooling? And for years and years, it was you know back and forth between I'm doing it for educational purposes or I'm doing it for religious philosophical purposes. Mm-hmm. And then suddenly it rose up. I'm doing it because I'm concerned about my child's safety. I'm co- okay. Yeah. What about socialization? It's a huge they were saying, now. Yeah, that they were said, my child's got a bad peer group in school. He's being bullied or they're being led into things that we don't approve of. And and that really, I think, has become the predominant motivation now from what I've seen in recent surveys of home educating parents. Now, it's one thing to say my child is being bullied at school and I'm taking them out of that toxic environment. But you know what? In the homeschooling community, we have kids and others who are bullies in our own community too, don't we? Well, we've seen yes, it in church. Are. We've had kids bullied at church. In a good and conservative church. In a great church, a fantastic church. Great church, <clears throat> a great church. And I will give you um, kind of a little bit of our story. We left public school with our oldest son who was in seventh grade and we knew something was seriously wrong. And God put on our heart, you need to homeschool this child or you will lose him. And we're talking about serious mental health issues, safety issues, big concerns. And God was really clear, not private school, not switch schools. You need to homeschool him. And I was like, oh, I don't think so. But obediently I came and it's been such a blessing. But what I saw is are many pieces, the same children that were in school with him, also at youth group, 
same in the neighborhood, removing your children that geography alone will not fix this. And so many times it's a beautiful step, but there's so many more pieces that need to be coming into consideration because a lot of times, you know, we, we still live in the same community. It's not like you got up and moved across country. And in some families, actually, it gets to the child safety that they do relocate. But most of the time, you're still the kids are still in the neighborhood, right? You run into them at the grocery store. You find them in youth group. There many times I found in our situation um, where we were in Bible studies and youth groups, some of those children were the worst offenders in the school to my child that were physically and emotionally bullying him uh, to the point that even when I had a son at nine years old under the bed screaming, I'd rather die than go back another day, we said, we just, we can't do that for him. So that's how we ended up pulling our second son two years later. So we, we did this two times. We're not your traditional homeschoolers. Like we'll all bring everybody home and homeschool them. We really thought it was situational one at a time. Um, and it, it is, it has really saved our children and been a blessing for our family that we've come together. And now we have a ministry to help others, but we hear over and over and over again from leaders in the homeschool community to those that are taking the counseling calls, the ones at state organizations who are answering the phone saying, I need, you know, we have to leave. We have, we can't continue to send our child there. There's no help. And they come home and there's so much more than sending in your paperwork, your laws and the conversation of, um, so here's your curriculum. You cannot educate a child that's in trauma or stress or anxiety. You have to get to the heart. Let's back up just a little bit though. How do you recognize that your child is being bullied before you get to the point where your child's threatening to kill himself? Yeah. Yeah. So, and I will tell you for us, we had actually knew there was an issue. We had been working with the school for a year. So I'm going to tell you one of the problems I see with bullying itself, and I'm going to pull this out so I don't misquote. Okay. Um, Bullying. Oh my goodness. That is so small. There's no chance. I'm going to read that. Here we go. Let's try this slide. (laughs) Bullying (laughs) is just I like old lady glasses here. So the National Center Against Bullying definition is bullying is an ongoing and deliberate misuse of power in relationships through repetitive verbal, physical, and or social behavior that intends to cause physical, social, and or psychological harm and can be involved in an individual or group's misuse of power or perceived power or one or more persons who feel unable to stop it when it happens. It's a complex conversation that's that a lot of words. But how does a parent take that and even know what to do with that? That's a that's yeah. complex, right? Like your brain's like, what does that even mean? We try to relate it down to three things. Is it ARP? Is it aggressive? Is it repeated? And is there a power imbalance? If it yeah. is those three things, you are dealing with bullying. Mm-hmm. Bullying the- is not a, a conflict issue. Everybody right. has conflict. But is mm-hmm. it a is it? are those three things when we're talking about bullying, it is one of the fastest ways that parents that I work with can really sit and identify independently. Am I looking at something? Is this person being aggressive to my child? And guys, it is not guys and gals out there. It is not just children. One third, one third of the calls I get are from teachers, coaches, or other adults bullying their children. Wow. It is a huge number that I get calls on. Um, but the power thing is not necessarily someone who is in actual power over the, over the child, mm-hmm. but it can be, it, and it's a perceived power, power. perceived, right? Power. It it's a perceived, it can be a perceived power. Someone who's accepted in the group more 
than you are. Yeah. You know? And one situation we saw um, that was very difficult to deal with is we, you know, in a school with say um, 15 boys, 10 of them were the cool, cooler kids. And then the kids who were not deemed and to keep those kids in line, there was kind of the alpha male of the group, the power leader would tell mm-hmm. one of those other children, you are going to pick on that kid and do that today. And if you don't, the other nine of us will beat you up. We wow. are talking about by third grade, third grade, very gang mentality, power alignments of fear psychologically wow. to keep children in line. And it could be as little as, which is not little to a child, but stealing mm-hmm. their library books. So they get in trouble, mm-hmm. right? Um, taking their food and, and our children who are special needs children really struggle in this, especially if they're, when they're integrated into classrooms, they struggle with that social aspect. They struggle to connect and understand some of the pickup cues where there's teasing, where there's not teasing, um, mm-hmm. can be a really hard piece. So power is not always about the person in power. Now we're talking about coaches and yeah, and teachers, parents, are. And teachers. Yeah. yeah, that is, but socially it is, can be just as much as somebody being the perceived power or wanting to be cool or be in with the group. Yes. Or yeah, you're not going to get invited. Yeah, and it's really I realize that as I'm thinking through the, this issue, and, and so often, so often we stumble over things because our definition is not broad enough. And when you think about bully, you know, when you say bully, the first thing that always comes to my mind is the big kid that pushes the little one off the swing set. Okay, the and physical, yeah. yeah, and that's real, yeah. but. You know what? There's so much more that goes into this, and it really does come back to the the idea that I have some sort of power over you. Maybe I have authority. Maybe I have a position. Maybe it's just that I'm considered one of the popular kids, and you're not. Yes. Or maybe it's you know maybe it's that if you know I'm in a position where I can manipulate you, and you are more or less powerless to fight back. Right. And, and that's so when we- it yeah. Yeah. And so when we talk about bullying, there's, it breaks down to, is it direct bullying or indirect bullying? Is it direct like the kid being pushed down or is it indirect online? And then you get into yeah. physical bullying, verbal bullying, relationship bullying, oral, like if it's oral, where is it? Is it written? Is it online? Are we dealing with cyber bullying? Are we dealing with gaming bullying? Guys, one issue the homeschool community struggles with more than the public school community or private schools is food bullying in co-ops, churches, and groups. Yeah. From people not taking food allergies that are deathly serious and putting peanuts in children's desk. I see that a lot more in our homeschool world. And people are like, oh, they're just playing kids. No, No. they're not. You could kill somebody. And it's there are issues that we actually in the homeschool and church worlds do a worse job. Right. It's not that it's an over there issue. It is no longer a school issue. It is a cultural issue. Well, so, I, think, I think sometimes we do a worse job in the Christian community because we are rightfully teaching our kids to to pray for their persecutors and to love their enemies. But we forget that we also have a duty to punish the, the guilty, to, to, to deal with the persecutor when that persecutor is under our authority. And uh, I think we make the problem a hundred percent the victims too often in the church. And we forget right. that the problem should be the, the perpetrators. Yes. 
And I do constantly have conflict. I will say it is not bullying, but I do have conflict with a lot of leaders when they tell me, oh, we need to pray for the bully. They're hurting. And we get into that on list concepts. But I really can't think of another area in the world that we tell a victim, you better stop and pray for the person who hurt you first. I don't sit in front of an abused woman or rape victim and say, before I meet your prayer needs, you need to stop and pray for the person who just did that to you. And when we break it down to really understanding the type of abuse our children are are talking about. And, and today's bullying, it, it really isn't even a term we should use bullying anymore. I'm talking with kids who are getting raped in locker rooms. I'm talking with kids who are sexually assaulted consistently over and over again on buses. I'm talking oh, with no. children who are um, forced into sex trafficking for protection from their bullies. And these are coming from families that we would consider in our church groups, in grid Christian groups. We are not talking about those families over there. We are talking about your neighbors. We are talking about your friends. We are talking about those in your groups. It is something that 70% of children will never tell you what's going on for a host of reasons, from from fear, shame, embarrassment. This shouldn't have happened to me. My parents will want me. You know, how are they going to respond? But the issues are serious. It has uh, it has progressed in the last uh, probably seven years, right? You know, when we were growing up, um, Melanie and how you guys used, we learned how to bully from our bullies in our neighborhood. Yes. Now these kids are learning from the best around the world on TikTok and Facebook and Snapchat. They learn mm-hmm. from the best of the best. And if they want to, if they want to work on their craft right now, they have got a lot of time at home in quarantine to work on their craft. There's a, mm-hmm. there's also a lot more evil going into them because mm-hmm. of the, the advent yes. of porn. We're seeing, yes. we're hearing about kids um, sexually acting out on other kids, molesting other kids, kid on kid, you know, things that yeah. you just, it's you don't think about. Us. You don't think about. I get know. a lot of calls actually on that. And the parents don't um, really are at a loss. Couldn't believe yeah. that it could possibly happen. Never dreamed, but of. never dreamed of it. Right. We never dreamed that could happen to our family, but it is um, the sexual promiscuousness and the evil that really gets into our children can come in many forms, many. Forms. You know, something you said there, I think that's, it's really important to recognize that we're not talking about those families over there. We're not talking no. about those bad communities. We're talking about humanity. We're talking yeah. about, yeah, some, it, it's going to impact good families family. and good and churches and, that are serving the Lord. Yeah. And, and and right. and also also I think it needs to be said there's a lot of out in the the world if you will there's a lot of um, grievance mongering you know people that want to glorify themselves because they they consider themselves victimized but th- you know what this is a snowflake territory you're no. talking things real that, victims real victims real, real victims. Could, where there could be criminal activity involved. You're yes. not talking about, yes. no. hey, you just need to, you're not talking no. about, hey, kid, you just Suck need to toughen up. up a little. No, yeah. right. And that is sometimes the heart that parents, and I know we're going to get that to the next segment, so I don't want to yeah. jump too far ahead. But the heart of parents, and sometimes is when we were down at leadership, so both of us were the pleasure mm-hmm. being at the leadership conference and meeting with leaders in the homeschool community, how many of them come to me and say, I'm not equipped to deal with it because I was bullied as a child. And I'm wondering if subconsciously I actually homeschool to keep my kids away from that. I don't have the skills to help my kid because no one helped me deal with this. How right. do I um, help in an issue that I don't even understand because I'm still so deeply hurt? Or 
uh, many parents of my child's actually already attempted suicide from being bullied in our church and we homeschool. So this is not, it is a place that in the homeschool community, our organization actually specializes in the homeschool community, equipping leaders, parents, and children on understanding the epidemic of bullying, but then healing from it. We focus on that too. On top of that, one of the hardest, hardest things for parents to sometimes do first is to get their house in order, right? To spend the time educating themselves on this may be your child's issue but no one's going to ride in and save your child. This is you, your family. You need to really equip yourself with knowledge to come alongside them right now and help them heal because it's it's a tough road these kids are. All right. So in the next segment, we're going to be talking about recognizing your child's problem and helping them. What do you do to help these children to heal and to give them a safe place? Check out Candace's ministry at bulliedbrokenredeemed.com. Mm-hmm. bullyedbrokenredeem.com and check out Craftsman Crate. Okay, now this is something that we have talked about before and we just want to bring it back up. This time when everybody's under lockdown, everybody is basically being told stay home, stay out of the stores, you know, just find something to do without going out. Well, you know what? This is a great option. It's one of those things, yeah, we're going to be online, but you want some some real life stuff that your kids can do, maybe that you can do, something that will occupy your mind and teach you a good useful skill and doesn't require extra trips to the store to make it happen. Okay, craftsmancrate.com. Mm-hmm. Now, let's let Candace, we've been talking to Candace Duggar of bullybrokenredeemed.com, mm-hmm. who is an expert, unwillingly, I suspect, in bullying. And we would like to, you know, we, we were talking in the last segment about how extensive the problem of bullying is and how it's way more serious than most parents realize. Mm-hmm. You know, one of the things that we encourage parents to notice changes of personality and behavior in their child. Yeah, that's a you big know, one. That's a big a, one. That's a big one. So there's several things um, just to kind of give you warning signs. If you're finding your kids uh, are having the stomach aches. They don't want to go to co-op because they're having to be sick or they're not wanting to go to school because they're having stomach aches and headaches and other gastrointestinal issues. Are they having nightmares? Have they reverted back and started maybe bedwetting? Are you seeing behavior signs that you didn't see there that are creeping up? Are they removing themselves from the family? Are they isolating? Isolating. Are they coming home withdrawing? Now, and it gets tricky because- our tweens and preteens sometimes this like to just do that normal during the preteen. Very normal. Tween but stage. Know, right? And to but, give you an idea. But whether they're bullied or not, if they are exhibiting those behaviors in the tween preteen stage, the answer is not to back off. The answer is to press, in, press to, in, to reach out, to mm-hmm. develop relationship, to listen. And if they're not being bullied, that will build your relationship. If they are being bullied, it will build your relationship and open the door for you to help them. Mm-hmm. It's a big, it's a big one. And so when we're talking to give you an idea, we knew my son, so my son's seventh grade, he's at school. We had a kind of a happy go lucky kid to the tween that you're like, Oh, I don't know. Maybe this is normal. You know, they start dressing differently. They're starting acting mm-hmm. differently. I saw some behaviors that became really concerning for me um, and trying to press in more and more to that, to see what was going on. And it, Guys, it wasn't until my son was homeschooled. I mean, we pulled him out, knew something was wrong. He was kind of on board because he was so miserable. But homeschooling, it wasn't until somewhere between seven to nine months that he was home with us and had enough trust 
to really even share with us so much that was going on. We knew a little, just a little, but when we started to uncover what the abuse was that he was um, dealing with, it was, I just almost couldn't believe it. And so parents, I want to give you guys, those of you who are watching on YouTube, um, you'll get to see a few little things we won't kind of be able to do on podcasts, but I'll still try to make sure I articulate it very well. One of the biggest things when your kids come to you, 70% are never going to tell you. And if they give you anything, anything, I mean, a droplet of a friend, um, sending them texts that are hurtful. Your response to that in the beginning is going to be so important. Yes. So calmly pay attention to your body language, pay attention to your response, pay attention to your words. Don't blame them. Like, well, what did you do first? Right. Pause, take that pause and say, wow, that must be hard. Would you tell me more? That's a great way to ask for more. Give them permission to talk because they're going to start sharing. If they start sharing gifts with you, treasures, little treasures to them that are deep, dark, personal secrets that they're terrified of. Their biggest reason normally is that you're going to run off half cocked like mama bear to the school. You're going to run off to the church. You're going to run off to other places to try to solve it. When in reality, if that's your first response, you may end up making the situation worse for the child dealing with retaliation bullying. So assure them you're going to be there. This is why we often see kids raise what we call a trial balloon. They will tell you something that is a tiny piece of what they're going through. And it may not even make much sense. Yeah, it may not be something that's even particularly relevant, but it's like, I'm going to give them a little bit and see how they react before I yes. start to unload the whole and bag. And it might not even be something Are that you a safe is, place? Yeah, Are you it a may safe not be a person I can trust to that's going to also, I mean, these were broken, hurting people. I mean, every, everybody yeah. has a lot of extent there, but these children are dealing with so much emotions and hormones and just their, their personal story. How mm-hmm. are we... Um, responding to them in pain? Are we blowing it off? Are we like, oh, suck it up? Are we telling them, you know, you need to learn to defend yourself? How are we responding to somebody in pain? We just the same analogy. We do not tell a woman who's been abused, go back home and suck it up and learn to deal with it. We don't do that. But in this case, we do, right? We have to think through some of the, 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 rationale we're giving our kids. I want to encourage parents to take it seriously. If your child shares a small thing, like about a child teasing them and something that you would normally, it's easy to say, Oh, just shake it off. But that may be the small piece that they're telling you before they tell you the big thing. And so anytime your child tells you something that hurt them, your first response has got to be, I am so sorry. That must've really hurt. But and, and then press in and find out if that's the whole story before you tell them to shake it off. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because there could be a whole lot more to that. And the underlying fear and shame and the devil can want to get in and work all kinds of crazy ways to make us feel that it was our fault and we're to yes. blame and shameful. And if a parent or a loved one or a teacher reinforces that, it can really just compound the issue. Well, and, and we've we've seen that with, with some young adults that we've met, that we've talked to and gotten to know, you know, that they were, they were so beat down by their bullying, whether it came from a classmate or an adult, they were so beat down. They, they basically had trashed their own self-worth. And so they didn't feel like I've got, I've got no grounds for complaint because I'm worthless anyway. Yeah. And and so 
Yeah. It's horrible. And so yeah. one of the first things we do if parents, if you've, um, most of the time when I'm coaching parents that are transitioning into homeschool during with healing, whether it's stress, anxiety, they've had a mental health crisis, mm-hmm. please don't get caught up in the books. Take time to build your child, build their self-esteem, their worth. There is so much you can do. We've actually put together um, workbooks for parents so they can understand everything from sexting and online and cyberbullying and gaming bullying, but how to work their child through finding their healing again, finding their worth. We use things like $100 bills for finding our worth. We use black light treatments where we actually have our kits that we can send, have the, they can write them out invisible and then show the black lights to show the pain is still deep inside. Mm. We help introduce things like music and um, even playlists when they're broken down. Mental health of the kids who are bullied is a huge problem. And when your brain and your mind is in trauma, you cannot think about uh, your next apology is science class. You just can't. Right. The brain has to have time to heal and you'll get there. But work on things that are beautiful, that finding how God created them, the talents, the gifts. What do they love, right? What are they passionate about? And just let them dive into mm-hmm. that unit study a while. Can, can we address for a moment? I will never forget sitting in a conference talking to a family that was considering homeschooling. Their child had been severely bullied to the point of kids at school holding him underwater, poking their pins in his back. He had scars all over his back. And the the father's response, and he clearly loved his child. He said, you know, I don't want to take him out because he's got to learn to stand up to bullies. Right. He's got to learn to be strong. And and it broke my heart because that, that child needed a safe place, needed help first. Yeah. yeah. Before they could I was ever actually begin looking. to stand up. Yeah, I was actually looking. So we addressed that. And I, I don't know how much I, I can't, find but we actually have a program that we work with kids. in. so, so what I find many times is the dad say, they'll drop them off at like a martial arts place or a different place, like learn self-defense, get, you know, yeah. find a karate, find something. Um, and so teaching kids, it is not their fault that this has happened. We teach them how yes. to work through, um, what is bullying, how to deal with their own pain. And we do at the same time approach the dad's concerns of you need to learn to do this. But when we start talking to them about, would you really give your daughter that advice if she had beaten and came home with you with scars all over her body? Would you sit in front of her and send her back home? Yeah. Is it any different for your son or daughter at the age because of who's doing the type of abuse? You have to really break down how much damage is there to that person. And so we, we do take care of practical things. Like if you're ever physically attacked, which is 20% of bullying, how do you get out of it? What are things you can do taking back your power? But we also teach people how to not become a victim again, targets and not really, you're going to deal with it in life, but hardening Mm -hmm. a target, teaching people head up, shoulders up, confidence, looking in direction that people don't mess with a certain type of attitude that's going to come across because the bullies aren't looking for a fight. They don't really want you to get engaged. They want to push you around and they want to get that thrill. Right. Yeah. One of the best studies I love in is, you know, I don't know if you've ever seen the criminal, like a criminal, they'll show a parking lot and they can tell you who's going to be the one to get robbed. It's their body yeah. language. It's the same thing for our kids who are bullied. It is not their yes. fault, but many times we can, we can help teach them small things head up. shoulders back, confidence, how to approach something, how to say firmly, no, 
or how to deflect it when there's an engagement that can move them along. And a lot of times these kids need some help with those skills, but they can't do it in the place that they're continuing to be abused. And sometimes it can take up to two years that we find before kids at a place that they're ready to kind of re-engage. I'm glad you talked about that because, you know, I hear people complaining that, you know, telling, for example, young women how to, how to keep themselves safe, you know, in public saying, well, you're just blaming victims. And you know what? This is no different. I'm thinking this is no different than teaching your child to wear shoes, to walk across the broken gravel in the driveway, because Mm -hmm. it's going to hurt your feet. And, and it's people, not your fault. Well, but, and some people are going to look and see that and know that. And other people are going to have to be taught it. You know, mm-hmm. we tell our kids that people are kind of like chickens. They yeah. peck on whoever they perceive to be weak or different. And Very so, much so. The pecking on them. Absolutely. So you need, you need to learn to, to walk around like the big rooster. Mm-hmm. And here's if actually. You fluff out your, if you fluff out your mm-hmm. feathers and strut around, mm-hmm. people are less likely to peck on you. So I did a really cute um, video. It was, I think it was about a year ago. We were raising baby chickens here. And there was this one chicken who was getting bullied and pecked to death. And we took him out. And we it took a while to get him healed. As soon as I returned him back to the pack, he started attacking the other ones because that's what he knew. And so when we have our children home, we have to not only help them deal with where they are and get them hardened. But sometimes our kids will retaliate bully or start trying that on because there's so much broken pain. There's so much oh, yes. hurt. It, I'm going to hurt you before you hurt me. Yeah. And we need to deal with that too. And so even in our chickens, as you mentioned, um, if you put them back in and they haven't really slowly, and what we do is slowly, I'm sure you've yes. noticed, put two of them together and like that one, like slowly, and then we can integrate. And then he's like, oh, okay, not every chicken's going to eat my left leg off. You know, yes. you have to slowly yeah. reassess. And homeschooling is such a beautiful way to not only help a child heal, but yeah. slowly integrate back into healthy places where there's normally a fairly different a fairly consistent group of healthy, balanced children. And if they're yeah. not, their parents are there watching the parents them. Parents are there. Tell them to knock them out. out. Yeah. Right? It's not yeah. like, you know. Um, it really, it, it's a tremendous healing place. I, I do want to address you just a minute because we're running out of time. And kids, we could talk to you for days. Uh, you know, I we, t- we do lots of workshops and talking, so I can talk for days. Yeah. So you probably um, have to cut me off. <laughs> one thing I do want to mention is, Yes, we teach our, you got to teach your kids how to stand up, but first you have to get to heal them and get them strong. And that means sometimes, in fact, generally you've got to remove them from the situation. And that's really hard for a Christian who's built into their church. It's very hard with the church. It's very hard with your community guys. Sometimes it's extended cousins. Sometimes it's family members that you're having to deal with. It is not always an outside thing you can fully remove. And, um, giving, being very careful, very careful, even if you bring them back in where you're putting your children, because that damage is so done. 10 year olds starting at 10. Now the second leading cause of death is suicide at 10. Oh, that's horrible. It is a horrible number. And we are not insulated by that. And when you have a child who's already down, it does not take much. It takes very little for that confidence to just be broken and hit again. It's the psychological thing. And if they've been and hurt here and you take them to another place and they're hurt again, they start to feel that it's 
them, that there's, it's all them. And And that's what we really have to grasp is this is a life threatening situation. Yes. This is something you could lose your child over. And Very so, much so. You know, I have a would Facebook you change, group full of those parents yeah. who have lost their children. Would you change children. education, mm. educational venues to save your child's life? Yes. Would you change churches to save your child's life? Yes. Mm-hmm. And so we've got to be willing to take our child, children out, yeah. get them safe, get them healed, mm-hmm. and then teach them better. You know, to remind them that this is this is not the way that believers act. That you don't want anyone to feel the way that you're feeling. That sometimes that at some point you're going to be the one with the power. How are mm-hmm. you going to use your power for good and not for evil? How's our time? Because I don't see. We are out of time. We, we time are at I thirty-two. Have, I have other things that I want to talk with Candace about. Well, we'll schedule two point oh another day. Let's I really talk a lot on bullying, so I can. Well, uh, I would love to help just our parents. I think if our parents can't understand. If this conversation makes you uncomfortable or we start talking about things like sexting or abuse or things, mm. you're not equipped to help your child. That's just the reality. No. If you can't have the conversation with the adults, you probably aren't the one who's going to be able to help your kid through it. So we and need so to gotta, help you. Get well, you've got to become right? the one. That you've can got help your to child. work on that. God now, gave you Candace, these children. He knows what you need. Bullybrokenredeem.com. Tell us mm-hmm. where they can find you on social media. Yes. So, yes. So actually, I same Facebook group, bullybrokenredeem.com. Just join our Facebook group. I do lives there all the time. I have a very um, free for any parents that need it. Guys, you're going to find parents in there who have lost their children to suicide. So we, uh, you're going to find parents there when you're having a problem. They can give you what we wish we would have known or wish we would have done. Um, mm. You're also going to find parents who are in the thick of it, who are needing some support, right? I mean, mm. I have boys. Some of them are going to have, and I definitely train lots on girls, but when other parents are in the thick of it and can give you support, there's a community there to help you. We also have all of our, um, our books, our parent books, our, uh, journals. They're all on Amazon. You can buy them on Amazon. And we are in the middle of transferring everything to digital onlines too, with the way things are going. So depending on the day, those might be up there on Kindle and downloads. Um, And they can find your resources at your website, right? At my website. Yep. Every, a lot. I think everything's up there. And we have kits that we sell that have all the things in them from our hundred dollars, our values using black lights, our full kits there too. But um, excellent. You know, we, we really want to help the homeschool community tackle this so that we're all uh, kind of hardening and preparing our children for what the future is to come. And, and let's say, okay, need to say this for those who are just listening to the audio on the podcast, bullied, broken, redeemed. That's B U L L I E D bullied, broken, redeemed. And of course, if you're watching us on the video, you can see that nicely yeah. put up on the sign. And, and as we close, I want to encourage parents that this is something that your child can heal from and mm-hmm. overcome. Mm-hmm. I've met Candace's son and he's awesome. We have children that have been bullied and are now godly, strong Christian men. Mm-hmm. And so I just want to encourage you, this is something that you can get through, mm-hmm. that your child can get through, that you can get through, and that the Lord can can bring good out of in the end. Mm-hmm. You know, I see that in Candace's family, that the the enemy meant it for evil and broke their family, but it's been redeemed. And now their family is ministering to others. And so I want to encourage you that there's hope, that there's hope. And that there's redemption and there's forgiveness and there's There's more than hope. There's so much more than hope. They can, they can thrive. They can find passion. And what, what, um, 
the devil is intended for evil. God will redeem in beauty. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Candace Duggar from Bullied, Broken, Redeemed. You can find the website, bulliedbrokenredeemed.com. We'll put that in the show notes too. And you can always find our stuff at raisingrealmen.com mm-hmm. and podcast at hellandmelanie.com slash radio. If you'd like to have us speak, you can find it at hellandmelanie.com. And you can contact Candace about speaking at bulliedbrokenredeemed.com. Thank you for joining us. We do Thank, you so Thank you so much. Bye, Candace. Okay. Bye, y'all. Bye-bye now. You've been listening to Making Biblical Family Life Practical with Hal and Melanie Young. If you found this program interesting, challenging, and encouraging, why not join us on the web at halandmelanie.com. That's H-A-L-A-N-D-M-E-L-A-N-I-E.com. Or follow us on social media. You can find us on Facebook at Facebook slash Hal and Melanie or Facebook.com slash Raising Real Men. This program is a production of the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network. Join us next week when we'll be back to talk about making biblical family life practical. Until then, thank you and God bless you for listening.